What's up, guys? It's the Big Ism. A social justice podcast for something like that. Hi, this is Finn. Hello, and this is Brittany. And today on the Big Isms, we will be talking about the untold truth of Halloween. (laughs) So to begin with, we got to start all the way at the beginning, the ancient origins of Halloween. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Soen. The Celts who lived 2000 years ago in that area, which is now Ireland, the UK and Northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer, the harvest, and the beginning of the cold, dark winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Soen, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifice to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and attempting to tell each other's fortunes. By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebrations of Soen. The first was Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into Soen probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. And Pope Gregory III expanded the festival of All Martyrs Day to include all saints as well, and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity has spread into the Celtic lands, where it blended with the older Celtic rites. All Souls Day was celebrated similar to Soen with the big bonfires, parades, and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels, and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallows from the Middle English Hallows, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before, the traditional night of Soen into the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows' Eve and eventually Halloween. Okay, so now we're moving on to Halloween coming to America. The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system there. But Halloween was a little more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. As the beliefs of customs of different European ethnic, group, ethnic groups, as well as the American um, Native Americans, meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest, where neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance, and sing. Colonial Halloween festivals also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, 
annual autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. These new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. Borrowing from Irish and English traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the names or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple paring, or mirrors. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, foods of the season, and festive costumes. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebration. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtone by the beginning of the 20th century. By the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween has become secular, but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism became to plague some celebrations in many, many communities during this time. But by the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism, and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children born during the 50s, the baby boom, parties moved from town civic centers into classrooms or homes where they could be more easily accommodated. Between the 1920s and the 1950s, the century-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Thus, a new American tradition was born and it had continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween, making it the second um, country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. I love Christmas. Me too. It's just a lovable day. Yes. Beware of razor blades in candy apples. These are hmm. our first myth that we're going to dispel. Is it true? Let's mm. see. In 2011, Harris Interactive poll found that 24% of parents were feel, fearful and their children might be poisoned by tampering with or spoiled treats. In fact, there were little, if any, advice that this has ever happened. Jill Bess, a so sociology and criminal justice professor at the University of Delaware, has examined reports of Halloween Satan going back as far as 1958. I've been unable to find a substance report of a child being killed or seriously injured by a contaminated treat picked up from picked up in the course of trick-or-treating. Best rights. There have been a, examples of products tampering but not related to Halloween. And there there was one 1974 death blamed on poison pixie stick 
though the eight-year-old Texas boy was actually murdered by his father, who was trying to cash in on his son's life insurance. Other reports of Halloween Stadium has turned out to be a hoax or have been more benign explanations. While it should be reassuring to know that contaminated candy falls squarely into the category of urban legend, it's a sad commentary on our society that homemade treats are considered suspicious only and only mass produced candy bars are seen as safe yeah that's sad although i've never been a huge fan of candy bars i am but i take a break from them from time to time yeah don't want to eat too much will upset your stomach of course (laughs) yeah so the second myth that we're going to dispel is that halloween has roots in sadism it's satanic but actually, the devil wasn't part of the Soan festival celebrated by the Celtics. They made sacrifices in honor of the dead, but those sacrifices more often took the form of burned crops rather than animals. Contrary to some accounts, there was no human sacrifice. It was only when the Catholic Church tried to supplant Soan and other native holidays that the church branded practitioners of rival religions as devil worshippers. Beliefs in the wandering dead persisted, but the supernatural beings honored by the Celts became associated with evil and the Celtic underworld became associated with the Christian hell. The last myth we're going to be discussing is about black cats. It's an open season on them. The fear that people are adopting black cats or torture or sacrifice around the holiday is so great that some animal shelters don't allow the animals to be adopted close to Halloween. The Animal Welfare League outside Chicago puts all black cats and black rabbits in a separate room about a week before Halloween and doesn't put them back up for adoption until two days after, explained the league president and executive director Linda Estrada. Estrada concedes that animals, especially cats, are at risk of abuse all year. She said she puts away the black cats and rabbits at Halloween just to be safe, um, just to be on the safe side, really. She said a black cat was brought into the clinic the day after Halloween one year with initials burned into the initials burned into its flesh. Oh, that's so sad. Who would do that exactly. to a cat? Like- Poor thing. Concerns about the ritualistic torture of animals around Halloween were more widespread in the 1980s and 1990s, when fears of secret satanic cults were at their zenith. Many shelters have since abandoned the policy of hiding black cats, and the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals says there is no reason to believe that these cats are at risk. While it is true that animals too often become the victims of holiday pranks and cruelty, there is no reason to believe that witches are involved or that shelters are a source. The ASPCA website says, the group, um, the ASPCA website says, the group says shelters should follow normal adoption procedures at Halloween. That's all we have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed if you listened for the full time. Now please take care on Halloween. Be Be safe, safe, have lots of fun. Eat much candy as possible. But don't get sick. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, Cats. Hope you enjoyed. Catch us in the next vlog.